You can go from I should start a podcast to actually starting a podcast with Spreaker. Spreaker's tools allow you to record, manage, distribute, and monetize any podcast idea, whether it's about your business or even your cat. And as your podcast grows, Spreaker helps you manage your success and even monetize it. That means all you need to get started is a microphone and a really good idea. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics of the Word of God, following the example of the Book of Acts Church. And we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man-made tradition created. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. We take the Word as it's written. We dig into it. We find the message that is intended for us, and we apply it. Porch was created to restore the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. On Solomon'sPorch.org is that website. Or you can go to FirefallTalkRadio.com. You can Ask us questions, a contact button. If you'd like to support what we do, go to Firefall Talk Radio. Go to the bottom of the page. There is a PayPal app, uh, PayPal link there if you'd like to use that. If not, we are on Venmo. At Firefall Media Group is what we are under. Uh, easier to use, less fees. Whatever you'd like to do, we appreciate your support. As I mentioned last week, there have been problems with PayPal notifying me of offerings um, and donations. So if I missed it and didn't acknowledge it, let me say thank you now. And we appreciate each and every one of you that do support what we do here. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio. It's the only place you can get us live and get the first broadcast. We are archived on um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So welcome to all of our listeners. Anyone uh, not wanting to hear the community part of the porch, you can jump directly to the chapter marked Shofar. Spreaker does a good thing, and anytime we have um, a break or uh, intro, it shows you. So go right to the marking for Shofar and directly into the lesson. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, September 19th, uh, the first day of fall. The autumnal equinox is September 22nd. A lot of words and prophecies coming out about that period of time. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, September 28th. And Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, is October 3rd through the 9th. One of the things we're going to continue to do here, um, didn't get much of a response. You know, I, I do understand that there are a lot of other options out there and there are a lot of podcasts going on and we don't do the video part of it and that seems to be everybody's preference just don't have the time to do that but be that as it may if you'd like to let us know what it is you like what you don't like you can write to us at uh, firefalltalkradio.com use the contact button or find us on facebook for firefall talk radio and uh, just let us know a year ago at this time we're getting ready for the sea conference here in orlando unfortunately with all the travel restrictions and everything going on that won't be happening this year i had offered the opportunity to do it online we would have done it through zoom again got no response so i'm i'm not going to take on that kind of work if there's no interest for it going to continue praise reports and prayer requests So we start out with praising. Always start out with praising. Don't enter into his presence with petitions and begging. Enter into his presence with praise. 
So I praise him for, first of all, for my salvation. Nothing that I mention after that has any meaning if I'm not saved. First of all, I don't have those things if I'm not saved. So I'm thankful for my home, for my wife of 40 years, our children, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, our furry kids, and everything that the Lord has given us. He is the provider. I praise him for his protection, the ministry that he allows me to work for him, for the dreams and the visions and everything he's been sharing of late. been some really powerful times with him, and I'm very thankful for that. Praise him for his healing virtues. Folks, he still heals. And if you can't get to somebody who can lay hands on you and anoint you, as the Bible says, then cry out to him. Just ask him to heal you. Speak his word back to him and believe it in your heart and be healed in Yeshua's name. I praise him that we can praise him. You know, in, in China, uh, the crackdown has really begun on Christians. And in other parts of the world, it's just we we are blessed to be able to just praise him and to do this without fear of reprisal. I praise him for his favor and divine revelation for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times or watching prophecy be fulfilled every day. I praise him for America with all the problems that we have, and boy, do we have a lot right now. It's still a place that we can worship him openly, and we can believe in him, and we can trust him. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. I really believe that. So we must be ready. And in doing so, we pray. We pray for the Middle East. We pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Lord, I pray for Jerusalem. I pray for Israel. I pray for your children, your body, and your remnant. I pray for America and the leaders at this time. You know, we're watching a lot of demonic activity happening. No matter what side of the political equation you are on, the Lord is still on the throne. He's still King of kings and Lord of lords. So we turn to him and we pray for our leaders. We pray for this country. We pray for the people during this time of tribulation and testing. It's not the tribulation. It's not even a great tribulation, but it is trying, and I I will admit that. We pray for the fatherless. Now, unless you've been without a father, as I was for oh, six years of my life from age 6 to 12 before my mother remarried, it, it's a tough life. And I grew up at a time where not a lot of kids my age were in a single family home. Well, now it seems to be common. It's not normal. I never say it's normal, but it is common. So we pray for the fatherless. We pray for the widows. We pray for the innocents, both in and out of the womb. We pray for the victims of injustice. We pray against the slaughter of the innocents. We are still killing babies in the womb or just partially out of the womb in a satanic ritual that that whether you see it that way or not, you really need to take a step back and look at it for what it is. We pray for the missing and exploited children for the victims of human trafficking, which is sex trafficking been going on since the beginning of time, and the same people have always seemed to be in charge of it. And thankfully, over the last three and a half years, we've watched more of them go to jail than 24 years combined before that. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. We're watching an increase in religious persecution, anti-Semitism globally. Well, the spirit of the Antichrist, John mentioned in 1 John 4, 3, has become stronger and stronger. And we know that's a sign of the coming of the lawless one. We pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. I sincerely believe that in any moment, at any moment, in a moment's notice, He's going to bless us in such a way that even here, before he takes us and gives us a glorified body, he's going to begin to heal us and give give us back the dew of our youth. He's promised that in prophecy and prayer. 
So I'm praying for that. I'm praying for healing and all that need it, like my wife, Deb, and some of you out there that have just had different things happen to them over the years. I'm praying right now that while you're sitting there, the presence of the Holy Spirit would begin to overwhelm you, begin to touch you in those areas, begin to fix what needs to be fixed, reprogram DNA so that it no longer makes damaged cells and takes you back to your divine design. Praying for protection, that Psalm 91 covering over each and every one of us. Praying for the remnant to wake up, rise up, and answer the call to action. Folks, we are it. The remnant is it. The church at large is just going to continue business as usual. So he's expecting those of us that have come out the other side and have remained to do the job. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. If you know people that have been blessed, tell them about us. Tell them about Firefall Talk Radio. Tell them about The Porch. Tell them about SRT. We're believing for big blessings because we have a big calling. For doors to open, to finish this documentary, which now will be harder than ever with the restrictions and travel. We're trying to find creative ways to get it done so that it's still commercially viable. And i got to be honest with you. Um, I could go forward with what I have, but I don't want to. It's not the best that it could be. And, and in the industry, whatever the first job is they see from you is what they remember. And I want the Lord to be glorified. So pray with us about that. That each and every one of us would prosper in accordance with this word so that we can fund the things of the kingdom, that the open conduits of his blessings for the dreams, for the visions, for the mission, to become highly mobile, for SRT to get back out there and do the job that we've been called to do. It's been a while, and there is a need, there is a cry for help. And we're going to have to drive. We're not going to be able to fly, and we're going to have to have our own equipment. All of this has become much more tenuous and troubling, much more expensive, but I'm believing he's going to deliver. It's going to be worth the cost, the time, and the effort to get out there. Asking for continued favor with legal matters that just drag on, mostly because of that's just the way things happen and because of this uh, coronavirus nonsense that our families and the adversity that we're going through would finally be over and of course always pray for your lost family members that's a priority i leave it last not because it's unimportant but because i can highlight it and our lost family members continue to pray for my friend giuseppe in maryland he needs prayer he needs healing he needs restoration very good man a very powerful man of god that the kingdom really needs right now Pray for my friend. I have a friend uh, from my old Taekwondo days. His name's Charlie. He lives in Valdosta, Georgia. He and his wife, Marsha, were the black belts that were teaching when I first joined the class. And then, of course, he he got, I think, one or two extra stripes on his uh, belt before I stopped training. Well, his wife, Marsha, in her mid to late 60s, passed away this weekend. And Charlie's pretty broken up about it. So I'm asking that you pray for him. Stacy in Texas offered up an unspoken prayer for her and her family. So Father, we come to you. We come to you in the name of Yeshua. We come to you as your children, your sons and your daughters. We boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we love you. We, we just love you. You are everything to us. You are, you are our everything. Our all in all. We have nothing without you. And we are so grateful that you loved us when we were unlovable. So we just come to you now and we thank you. We thank you for sending your son Yeshua to die for us. To shed his blood to set us free from the bondage of sin and death so that we can be reconciled to you, that we can say, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we could not have to be behind the wall of separation, not behind the veil, that we are restored, we are reconciled. So we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for doing it, 
for enduring the shame, the pain, and everything that you allowed them to do to you for us. And we thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, to teach us, to walk with us, to remind us of you and your words, to encourage us, to help us. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do that right now. We clear our minds. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Let us receive what you have for us. Let us be inspired. Let us breathe in that passion, that fire, that commitment that is needed for this time. And let us shine in Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So open your Bibles, your apps, however you follow along. Maybe you go to BibleGateway.com. That's a really good place. Uh, even for the free one, I pay for the extra commentaries and things like that amongst all the other stuff I have software I'm always looking for new insights and new revelation it's a good place so go to Matthew 16 let's start with verse 13 when Yeshua came into the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples saying who do men say that I the son of man am so they said some say John the Baptist some Elijah Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Yeshua answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The Amplified of that just goes a little further. Of Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. And I tell you, you are Peter. In the Greek, Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, the Greek Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar. Peter was the sliver from the bigger rock, which is his church. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the powers of the dark infernal regions, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. And when you pray that prayer, when you pray this understanding, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and you get through the whole prayer, what you're praying is you're asking for the rule and reign and the law of heaven to be that way on earth. And when you say, I bind something, you say, I forbid it. I declare it unlawful in accordance with the word and the will of God. And when you lose something like his promises or scripture or whatever it is, you're doing it in accordance with the rule of law in heaven. But tonight we're talking about the war for the kingdom. So jump with me now to Mark 327. This is the Amplified. But no one can go into a strong man's house and ransack his household goods right and left and seize them as plunder unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may thoroughly plunder 
his house. When you plunder something, it means in victory, like the victorious army would plunder the goods and the jewels and the wealth of the kingdom that they defeated. So what you're saying is, you are defeated. I am plundering you, and I am taking what you thought was yours. Let me show you some examples of that. This is from uh, the Charisma Magazine website, Charisma News, June 11, 2020. Baptisms and miracles break out in Minneapolis near sight of George Floyd's death. While many media outlets are focused on the protests and riots in response to the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Ahmaud, Arbery, something incredible is happening in the city where Floyd died. Baptisms are breaking out near the site of Floyd's death. Joel Bomberger, a preacher with grassroots evangelism organization Circuit Riders, said, Baptisms happening right now in Minneapolis, right at the corner of where George Floyd was killed. You can see the pictures and the videos online. And so the uh, Christian recording artist and um, Circuit Riders worship leader, Lindy Kofer, said, this is in a tweet, Jesus is alive. This is good news. Spontaneous baptisms in Minneapolis and too many testimonies to count. Christian Post, June 12, 2020. A similar story, baptism miracles taking place in revival at site where George Floyd died, Christian groups say. A number of Christian groups that have been holding revival services at the site where George Floyd died in Minneapolis said many they're seeing many people turn to God in baptisms and miracles. Uh, this is a quote from Joshua Lindquist, a popular Christian leader with Global Revival Harvest. So tonight, God's moving. There are a lot of people that gave their lives to the Lord. Again, we are baptizing people right here at the memorial. God's on the move. It's wonderful. Went on to say, I have a friend of mine. His name is J.T. Thomas, and he said, Revival is the new form of protest, meaning when injustice happens and the pain is there, the best way to heal hurts and to bring what's right is to bring what's truly real is to petition heaven. When revival breaks out, it's the kingdom of heaven breaking in. In a broadcast um, that particular Monday night, uh, Linquist explained that they were invited into the community by the local church that uh, Floyd's family wanted to spread the message of healing and forgiveness into the community. He said he was seeing in miracles. He said, I don't know if you believe in miracles, but I do. There was a deaf ear that popped open. God did a miracle using this tragic situation for his glory, shifting the narrative out of Floyd's life. Many will come to the Lord. Many will come to Jesus, he said. CBN News, July 17th, a month later, 2020. Alcoholics, drug addicts among hundreds to accept Christ at Central Georgia Awakening. God's on the move in Central Georgia. For several weeks now, thousands of people have been gathering in the small town of Roberta, located about a half hour southwest of Macon, for the Central Georgia Awakening Revival. It's in its seventh week with plans for the eighth to begin on Monday. However, the idea for a revival surfaced much earlier, began at the beginning of the year. Now, remember, the Lord set this in motion before the pandemic, before the the, the uprising and the riots. He, Pastor Chet Cooper of Crossroads Bible Church invited Evangelist D.R. Harrison of Voice of Hope Evangelistic Ministries. It started back at the beginning of the year when he invited them down. And even with the COVID-19 hitting strong, 200 people, 250 people have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior under the tent. We're talking about alcoholics, drug addicts, Harrison shared. One man was 79 years old that walked the aisle. An 83-year-old woman got born again. People are getting saved. God is moving in, in unbelievable ways. It's just unbelievable to see what God is doing. Harrison also said families are being put back together. Marriages are being restored. 
The evangelist told CBN News that the revival services are being attended by people from all over the U.S., watched online by people from all 50 states and in more than 15 countries around the world. Salvations are taking place through the Internet. He said, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all the stuff going on, God is still alive. He's still on the throne, and revival is still possible. 150 churches have united in seeking the face of God for an awakening. Every revival that's ever taken place in history has always come, and even in the Word of God has come when things are, were at its worst, he said. And we can all agree America is in desperate need today. It's the perfect time for God to send a mighty awakening. It's the perfect time for God to send his power to get glory and cause people to turn back to him and repent of their sin, Harrison continued getting emotional, like me. Christian Post, July 21st, 2020. California Beach Revival Extended brings beautiful harvest of souls together for worship and baptism. A revival is taking place on the sandy shores of Huntington Beach, California, where hundreds of people are gathering to worship, to pray, and receive salvation. Saturate OC, which stands for Orange County, began... July 3rd, in an effort to share the gospel and spread the good news about the kingdom of God. The idea for the seaside of evangelical movement started in 2016. See, God always makes a way before there is a need for that way. When its organizers, Parker and Jesse Green, Jesse being the girl, J-E-S-S-I, had a vision of thousands of people being baptized along the Huntington Beach Pier. Jessie told Christian Post that she felt God speak to her in January about a massive movement to take place this year. It would be like a threshing floor movement where God was going to start to separate the wheat from the tares, she said. Despite Governor Gavin Newsom's mandatory closing of churches due to COVID-19, Jesse's vision was fully revealed, and Saturate OC was underway. She wrote in a Facebook post, California just announced this week that the church can't meet inside. The good news is that on Friday we declared, the church has left the building. You can't stop the kingdom of God. The outreach takes place every Friday during July the goal is to reach 2,000 people who can then go out and disciple to thousands of more, thousands more. She wrote, we believe that these collective evangelism events will activate the church and Orange County will never be the same. We're believing that 50 plus ministry partners and 2,000 attendees prepared and expectant to lead 50,000 people to salvation. Bethel Music's Sean Fuke told Fox News that the movement reminds him of the Jesus People movement of the 60s and the 70s. If you remember back uh, a couple of years ago, we did all the Great Awakenings and the Great Revivals, and we talked about that. Fuchs said it's eerily similar. There were protests, racial and social strife. Hippies were getting saved. The move, a movement happened in California and swept across America, and even major news outlets covered it. Yeah, it was cover of Time magazine during that time. In a video shared on Twitter, few declared that a movement is rising up as people are stepping forward to give their lives to Jesus Christ. We had an amazing time of worship. We are here baptizing people in the Pacific Ocean. God is moving in California. I know it's in the middle of a global pandemic and things are crazy, but in the midst of it all, God is moving. And here, here's my favorite, because it's back from my neck of the woods, um, July 21st, 2020, worship and baptisms happening in Washington Square Park, New York City, amid peaceful protests. On Sunday, a group of Christians gathered around Washington Square Park, New York City, and turned the place into a worship service for several hours after it unexpectedly became a baptism place as well. The movement was founded after Instagram censored the worship service that Sean Fuchs from Bethel led. Bethel's worship leader explained basically they are blocking any narrative except the one they want to push, which is strife, rioting, and violence. 
and they wouldn't cover the fact that people are coming together in these places of trauma, and they're bringing hope, and they're bringing healing, bringing restoration and reconciliation. When the group arrived at Washington Square Park, New York City, a lot of people joined their worship party for hours. Furthermore, spontaneous baptism happened in the park's fountain. Sean testified, at the time, New York City was shut down. The fountains were turned off. But last week, it came back on for the first time in months. After a crazy, joyful worship set, racial reconciliation, and a salvation call, we marched to the fountain last night. The NYPD let us go for it, too. The dream became reality. Don't stop dreaming, church, in this season. God is on the move. Every one of them, God is on the move. Baptisms in the street. Kingdom of God has left the building. You can't stop the kingdom of God. That's what we've been talking about all these months, all these weeks. The Lord said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of that infernal dark region shall not overpower it, won't be strong enough to deter it. It won't hold out against it. He said, bind the strong man, plunder his goods, sack his kingdom. Washington Square Park, sacked, plundered, souls redeemed. Huntington Beach, California, sacked, plundered, souls redeemed. Minneapolis, Minnesota, on a corner where death happened, life happened, people got saved, healed, and delivered. Georgia, under a tent, sacked, plundered. Marriages restored. Lives restored. That's the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. The war for the kingdom is a war for the souls of mankind and the furthering of his church. He said he would build his church. For too long, men and women have been building their church. They've not been building his church. I'll just say that clearly, out unequivocally. He said he would build his church. Look how he's doing it. On beaches, under tents. In the heat, by the way, Georgia can get hot at this time of year. In Washington Square Park, if you've ever been there, you've seen it in the movies. It's this big, wide-open place with an arch there. Um, and the fountains come on, and they've turned it into church because they are the church. We are called to build his kingdom. That's what we're called to do. And what I'm seeing from these stories and from these people and I'm feeling inside of me, fire in my bones, is that the church has left the building. I, I've been saying for years, the best thing that could happen for the church is to lose its 501c3 status, to get out of the basilicas and the monuments to people's egos, get back into storefronts, get back into people's homes and their living rooms. These people took it into the streets. They took it into the beaches. That's the book of Acts. That's what we need now. We need to plunder the cities. We need to take back what the enemy has stolen. We need to be about our Father's business. And that may mean taking a stand. That may mean speaking up when a voice needs to be heard. And I'm not talking about social justice. You know, we covered that too, the whole social gospel. I'm seeing people promoted on the Internet going, boy, you really don't know the word. You don't know the history of the church. And you don't even know the origins of the social gospel and who's really behind it. What we need is his gospel, the gospel. We need to speak up. We need to speak the word. We need to speak in faith. We need to take a stand. I've used this quote before, Martin Luther King. Our lives begin the day we become silent about things that matter. Yeshua matters. The kingdom of God matters. People's lives matter. People's souls matter. People's marriages matter. 
Psalm 3730, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. God's a God of justice. He doesn't like injustice. He doesn't, he detests it. The Holy Spirit doesn't like it. We're, we live in a world full of injustice. We don't have a justice system. We have a legal system. Psalm 145, 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord in all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Speak it out. Bless people. Say, God bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Can I pray for you? Do you, do you have something you need to be pray for me to pray for? I'll do it in my time today when I go before the Lord. We need to begin to show our witness. We need to begin to walk our witness. I know that's not what they want. I know it's not what the world wants. It's not what the media wants. But you know what? People want it. You go online. You find the videos from these events that I just read to you. And you'll see black, white, old, young, male, female. Right now, people are hungry for the move, the real deal of God. Not religion. Not the dog and pony show. Not any of this fake stuff. They want signs and wonders. They want miracles. They want the reality of a living God. And don't, don't think that the answers are going to come from the world. Don't think that the world's going to solve this problem. It's not. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in anything in this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await for our Savior, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. So we need to act like our citizenship is elsewhere. The war for the kingdom is our job. It's our calling. We are commissioned to go set the captives free to heal the sick. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. Now let me let you in on a little secret. The world, the flesh, and the devil doesn't want you to do that. So what do you have to do? Well, you better understand warfare. You better understand your authority in him. You better know the word or know enough of the word to be able to speak it so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to your mind. That's why I give you so much word. That's why whether I write or I speak or I teach, there's so much word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You absorb it. Your mind absorbs it. You may not be able to quote chapters, scripture, verse, comma, period, semicolon. You may not know where all that is, but you'll know it. I think it's in this book, and this is what it means. Then you can go find it. You should have a Bible app on your phone or your smart device or whatever it is you carry around. You should be able to reach for the word. If you have to carry a Bible around, do so. But we're in a war. And the war for the kingdom is our responsibility. Second Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Messiah and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The Amplified to verses 5 and 6 and, and helps you to understand them a little better. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings in every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of the Messiah, the Anointed One, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience and when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete, you can't do anything until you're obedient. 
Is your life out of order? Are there areas of your life that are out of order? Are there parts of your life that don't line up with the word? Don't tell me what society says. And don't tell me what the progressive believer says. They have progressed beyond the word of God and the spirit of God. What does the word say? And if your life is out of order, if your marriage is out of order, if your business is out of order, if your ministry is out of order, then that's where you start. You can't teach what you don't know. And you can't be an example of something that you don't exemplify. So the great, the four great conquests of spiritual weapons in that scripture are the destruction of strongholds. And if you remember in the supernatural battle, I go through a whole chapter explaining strongholds, citadels, strong towers, fortified areas that the enemy has built up to keep itself in place. And in that day, what they were referring to was the destroying the reasoning of pagan philosophers and uh, Jewish rabbis and their dogmas that were trying to nullify the word of God and the facts of the gospel. Those arguments had to be refuted, pulled down, and demolished. And we're called to put to flight the demonic powers and armies behind it. And whether naturally or figuratively, we're called to raise the banner of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords high on the field of battle. Isaiah 59, verses 17 through 19. For the Lord put on righteousness as a breastplate or a coat of mail, and salvation as a helmet upon his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal, divine, furious divine jealousy as a cloak. According as to their their deeds, let me do that again, according as their deeds deserve. So will he repay wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, and on the foreign islands and coastlands he will make compensation. And so as the result of Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he, the Lord, will come like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives. Well, what is the rushing stream? What is the breath? It is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of darkness should fear that, and they do. They should fear his divine intervention. Isaiah 35, 4, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. But now let's look at this from a book of Acts New Testament perspective. So when the enemy comes like a raging flood, like a raging tide, the Spirit of the Lord will drive him back. Well, how does that happen? The Spirit of the Lord is in his church. It's in us. We are the driving force against the enemy. Us. Not buildings. Not organizations. Not denominations. Us. What those people were doing in every one of those stories was being a driving force against the enemy, against darkness, against despair, against all of the bondage and all the things being created, all the brokenness. They were the driving force, the Spirit of the Lord, doing exactly what I'm talking about here. The powers and the principalities, the rulers of the darkness of the sage, the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places cannot withstand when the church acts in union, unity and in union with the Holy Spirit to do these things. 
Isaiah 45, 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. The sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. Psalm 113.3, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The praising his name in Georgia under a tent. The praising his name on Huntington Beach in California and Orange County. The praising his name on a street corner in Minneapolis. The praising his name in Washington Square Park in New York City. No other person or object can compare to the holiness and the power of the Creator through His Son, through us, His church, His body. He is sovereign over everything, both good and evil, and we serve Him. That's the kingdom of God. This is what I've been talking about. This is what I've been talking about since I got saved almost 32 years ago, but the message has begun begun to hone in, become laser-like. The messages of the conferences, the messages of the seminars, the example that SRT sets when we go out there, that's what this is about. He is sovereign over everything natural and supernatural. He is sovereign over everything good and evil. He's sovereign over the air. He's sovereign over the land. He's sovereign over the water. So we need to praise the Lord. When we praise him, it is a declaration of his sovereignty over everything. When we speak his name, when you go to the restaurant, which, of course, now you have to wear a mask or whatever, and you begin to pray, and you hold hands, and you bow your head. We do it everywhere we go. And if the waitress shows up, they have to wait until we're done. I've seen some just bow their head and wait. I've seen others bolt and go away. But I don't care. Airport, I'll do it if I ever go back into another one. Restaurants, I always do it. Panera Bread, I do it. Wherever I am, if I'm eating or drinking and somebody brings me food, I will bless it in the name of the Lord and I'll speak his name out loud. I will praise him for he is sovereign. He has done great things for me. Psalm 149, verses 4 through 9. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nation and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. The kings, the nobles, are the supernatural elements. Now, they, they are natural ones, too, especially in that day. But in this day, when we praise the Lord and we have the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand, we are binding the kings. We are binding the princes. We are binding their demonic offspring to execute upon them the written judgment. This is our honor, to let them know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords defeated them on Calvary, that by his stripes we are healed, by his blood we are set free. The sting of death no longer is ours. We have no fear of death. We serve the one that created them. Inside of us is the spirit he used to speak them into existence. The only way the enemy flourishes is when the church is silent. The only way the enemy flourishes is when the church sits down on the job like it's done for thousands of years, sitting in a pew, looking at the back of someone else's head. We must speak his word no matter what. We must believe it. We must speak it. We must go do it. We must live out the kingdom of God. It is the very work of executing the purposes of God on his enemies that should give us praise, should give us joy. Setting the captives free, that story from Georgia, alcoholics, drug addicts being healed, being set free. I've seen that. It's powerful stuff. 
I've seen a man get delivered of alcohol poisoning on the verge of dying in our kitchen in Tallahassee and then seconds later being stone cold, stone cold sober, praising God because the alcohol was gone. He was sober. We've seen those kinds of miracles. Folks, if you've never seen them, then you need to go see them. You need to find places where it's happening. Our hearts should be full of confidence in our Heavenly Father and in our Lord. And we should be so full of it. Yeah, we should be so full of it. Full of Him, full of the Word, full of the Holy Spirit. That it propels us into service. That fire drives the engine. Will there be struggles? Yeah. Will there be warfare? Yes. Will there be attacks? More than likely. But when your heart is so full of that passion for him, it doesn't matter. You are engaged in service to the king, which happens to be your father. And your passion isn't just for warfare, it's for the victory. You are enforcing a victory. You are enforcing what was done that the enemy refuses to submit. That is your position. You're not in warfare with the enemy. The enemy's been defeated. You are an occupying army reminding them that they've been defeated and subjecting them. It is a different perspective. When we go as SRT to do what we do, we're not winning any war. We're not there to defeat anybody. We're there to subject things. We're there to put things back in chains. We're there to put things back in the outer darkness if they snuck out. We're there to shut down their entry to this this reality, to this world. And we're there to clear an area so that the gospel can be preached and lives can be lived. The enemy needs to be subdued. The lying, loudmouth, perverse, debased, disgusting enemy needs to be told to shut up in the name of Jesus. And we need to raise the consciousness of the reality of the Lord into this world as I read in all those places. That Hebrew word for high praises and the high praises of God, it, it implies more than just mere praise. It's lofty, it's exalted, it's powerful, it's beyond anything that you could do in the natural. Have you ever been in those kind of praise services where suddenly you you realize you're no longer in this world, the air has stopped, you feel 20 feet tall, it just, everything shifts. Today, Larry and I were praying, and as we began to pray, and as the presence of the Lord showed up, and as the angel showed up, as we were praying, me here, him up in He's up in Virginia at the moment. It was so powerful. I really felt like I was going to leave my body. He did too. The high praises of God take you to a place you've never been before. It takes you out of this reality. It shields you from this fallen world. Maybe some of you aren't getting your healing because you're not spending enough time in praise with him. And I'm not talking about five minutes, ten minutes. I'm talking about doing it until you can't do it anymore. Until you pass out or fall out or whatever. And I don't mean pass out in unconscious. I mean as in your natural body shuts down and the only thing functioning is your spirit person, your spirit man or woman. Praise is a weapon. Especially when you're singing in word and spirit. I love to sing some of the old praise and worship music I got saved on. Because they were singing the word. They were singing scriptures. Singing the word. If you if you don't know where those are, I'll tell you. If you're on Apple Music or uh, Spotify or one of those places, you can find them. Old Hosanna albums from the 80s and the 90s when praise and worship was pure and it was the word and it wasn't entertainment. You're speaking the word of God, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. That's the two-edged sword. Maybe you, maybe you can sing, maybe you can't. Maybe you can play music. Maybe you can just start taking scriptures and singing them, reading them out loud and sing them to the Lord. 
Let your spirit take over. Tell the Holy Spirit have its way with you. It strikes, it cuts, it pierces. And that's why the enemy hates it. It cuts chains off. It cuts locks open. Acts 16.25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were living out Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Whether on the meditations, your prayer time at night, when the darkness is all around you like it was Paul and Silas, you're alone. You don't feel like anybody in the world's with you. Nobody's standing with you. Nobody's praying for you. But you can. You can find something to exalt him for. You can find something to praise him for. Your heart can be full of joy for your salvation. And you can begin to sing it in praise. Remember that scripture from Jeremiah verse twenty, uh, uh, chapter 20, verse 9. If I say I will not make mention of the Lord or speak any more in his name... In my mind and heart, it, it says that there, it was a burning fire in my bones, and I'm weary of enduring it, holding it in. I cannot contain it any longer. I love you, Lord. I praise you, King of all the earth, my Savior, my Lord, my Master. You are my everything. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to let that fire out. Father, right now, We let that fire out. I pray that everyone listening, wherever they are right now, they're beginning to praise you. They're beginning to speak your word back to you. They're beginning to remind you of your promises. They're thanking you for the miracles that have been done. They're thanking you for the miracles that that are going to happen, that lost loved ones are going to get saved. Maybe they'll wander into that tent in Georgia. Maybe they'll be on the beach in Huntington Beach, or they'll be in the Uh, Washington Square Park or wherever the next event happens. If you can plan that out months and years in advance, you can get them to it. You can wake up the remnant. You can find the people that you've blessed and have hoarded your blessings and say, hey, by the way, there's this thing called a porch. Go listen to it. There's this group of guys called SRT. There's stuff they got to do, and I gave you money. Give it to them. Lord, you can do these miracles. I'm speaking them out just as my brothers and sisters are speaking out their miracles, their needs to you right now. And I touch and I agree with them. When There's no distance in the spirit realm. There's no distance anywhere. I am touching and agreeing with them in their prayer. And I'm saying, Lord, you are as good as your word. You're not a liar. You're not a man that you should lie. You're not a practical joker. Your promises are yea and amen. Your word has not changed. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whether you're you're blessing my sisters in Alabama or, or my brother up in Rhode Island or South Africa or California or the Midwest or wherever they are right now. I'm touching and I'm agreeing with them for the miracles that they're claiming for, for their lost loved ones, for you to fund whatever it is you promised them you would do for them, that they would get in order anything out of order, that you're going to heal their body, you're going to heal their marriages, you're going to change their lives, you're going to fix what the enemy broke, and you're going to punish the enemy for doing it. Lord, you talk about the spoils of war in your word. Well, SRT's taken a lot of land back, and we've won a lot of victories in your name. So we claim the spoils of war from every place we've been. We claim the spoils of the enemy and what they owe us. Everything the enemy's stolen from your children that are listening must be returned sevenfold. That is your rules for the thief. You're going to get us out of debt. You're going to break us free of this world system, this fallen world system. We're going to be the head, not the tail. Above and not beneath. The lender and not the borrower. And when people say, how did that happen? How did you turn your life around? We can begin to tell them about you. We can begin to speak your word back to them. We can ask them boldly, are you born again? Do you know Jesus? Don't tell me you were sprinkled on as a baby. Don't tell me you were slapped or whatever. 
Don't tell me religious rituals. Do you know him? Are you born again? Are you a new creation? And then we can pray them into the kingdom because that is the war for the kingdom. I just pray all of those things, Lord, in your name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn. Learn smarter.